Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer. And welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media, and follow along with us on LinkedIn as we both post a lot of great content there. So today, we're going to be talking about meeting time and energy throughout the day. Mm. Uh, it's a fun topic. It's somewhat intuitive, so I'll be curious to see what you think. Um, but my first question is when you have a full day of meetings, how do you make sure that you're taking breaks? Oh, I think we're both bad at this. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do not feel equipped to answer that question. I think, uh, basically what I've done is that I've become more comfortable with integrating things that I would do during a break with people that I'm meeting with. So I'll be like, you know, like, if you don't mind, I'm going to like eat these crackers or like, I, uh, <laughs> like let's walk around instead of like sitting for our meeting. Cause I do like, um, in-person meetings pretty frequently. Like, do you want to just like go for a walk instead of sitting in here? Or, um, maybe we can go pull in this other person who we, um, you know, both have questions to ask, but also like enjoy socializing with and like, we'll spend 10 minutes kind of of the beginning of the meeting just like talking about fun stuff or whatever, you know, like I think there's, I kind of like build the break into the next meeting, which is not good. Um, but I would say in terms of like energy, I have learned that I can't have anything that's extremely complicated to think about if I have the meeting later in the day. So like my, mm-hmm. my headiest meetings I like to do in the beginning of the day. Um, and that gives me like more energy. So if I am like a little bit depleted by the end of the day, I have less like crunchy crunch time stuff to think about. Um, and then also I am distracted easier later in the day in meetings, especially if like emails have piled up or something. So that's another reason why I try to I, I guess I more like organize my meetings and then just subject people to things they probably don't want to be subjected to. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, I wouldn't say that's a great tactic. No, and you're right. Um, I do think it's funny cause I was wondering what you're going to say. Cause I was like, I don't feel like we're either yeah, of us are good at it. We're not. And that's like it. the first thing out of your mouth. <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're not good at this. Um, no. At least you know we're not lying to the listeners. We're we're no. truthful about our experiences. No, no. I've tried to um kind of do what some people I've do in the office that I think is really good. Like I've had some people that will just ping me a few minutes before a meeting and be like, I'll be five minutes late. And like they then go and like you know, use the bathroom or Mm -hmm. grab a drink of water or whatever. And I always have this like anxiety. I hate being late. You know this about me. I really, really don't like being late. So like the idea of being like, I'm going to be five minutes late to this meeting is like terrible to me. So, but I've noticed like, I don't mind if she does that or Mm -hmm. people do that to me. Like it doesn't actually bother me at all. As long as I know like a bad person. Right. And if the topic is like a little bit more flexible or if it's like a one-on-one and it's not Mm -hmm. like a, you know, very specific thing that needs to get done urgently, 
it's not that big of a deal. And so I've kind of, I've asked, I've actually just asked people, I was like, would you mind if sometimes if I do that? And they're like, no, I was like, okay, <laughs> that makes me feel less anxious about it. Now you have so permission. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I have permission for sure. But ultimately what we both do, these tips of ours are not ideal. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, that's right. But I do think it's good. Like, and, and definitely for certain like there are certain things where I would get really, really, really stressed about being late for like a presentation or like something where I'm like running the meeting or, you know what I mean? Like things like that. Mm -hmm. But I agree. Like if it's like a one-on-one -on -one situation, even if like my, if somebody is like, you know, I had it happen recently where somebody was like 25 minutes late for a meeting with me and was like, not, didn't really say much when they got on. And I was like, nah, I'm not about that. Oh, no. Like, yeah. Um, but generally if, if it's like five minutes or like even 10 minutes, I'm like, well, they probably had, they're probably experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing and they're just like mm -hmm. <laughs> actually like yeah. going pee or whatever I sometimes wish I was doing. Um, yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. Well, this study actually looks at meeting time and individual like task work. Hmm. Um, and kind of how those two things play together, which is really important and very interesting. Yeah, and it is. gives, I think, some guidance on, like, how you can try to design your day better. Cool. So. I'm excited to learn that anyways. because, obviously, yeah. I am in need. And I'm, and <laughs> you can also learn from your own article because you are, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I honestly, I've actually already talked to people at my company about this Ooh. because I was like, Okay, this is we because I was just being asked um, about like how it's feeling and what's you know what's going on whatever and I was like you know what here's the thing that I'm gonna try to do and I'm gonna you know tell people so then they know what I'm trying to do and obviously it's not gonna always work for every single day but I think there's something to it so cool let me give you the takeaways yay so takeaway number one if you squeeze in too many meetings during the day. Compared to the amount of individual individual work time you have, it stops you from taking micro breaks. Mm -hmm. I think that's obvious. We just talked yeah. about how we have a terrible time yes. taking breaks when we have a lot of meetings. <laughs> Exhibit A and B. Yes, exactly. Um, but then if you don't take those micro breaks, it actually impacts how much energy you have. Mm. And what happens is if you don't have enough energy by midday, so like if your morning is just crammed with meetings and you don't have those micro breaks, your performance and your creativity suffers for the rest of the day. Mm. And then if you don't have energy midday or at the end of the day, so both time periods, you're actually leaving the day less satisfied with your job. Interesting. Okay. And, and all of that actually, like, I'm curious to hear how they like came to those conclusions and all that, but all of that like passes the litmus test of like that checks out to me um, based on my experiences. And some of what I mentioned in my example too, like probably I'm ordering my meetings the way that I'm ordering them because by the end I am burnt out by what I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. Okay, cool. I'm excited to learn more. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, I've seen people stack like, you know, their mornings with meetings or the afternoons with meetings and like have the work time at different points. But this study, they actually work it, broke it up. So like they 
um, ask people some questions at the beginning of their day just to kind of control for like general fatigue. Um, then they had them go through their first half of their day and midday they asked them questions about, um, you know, how many meetings have you had? How much time have you had to do individual breaks? How much time did you spend on, uh, I mean, individual work? How much time did you spend on breaks? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then like asking them like about their, you know, their supervisors and stuff about performance and creativity and then asking them about their job satisfaction. So they did, and then they did that again in the afternoon. So they kind of like these two windows of time. Gotcha. And the thing that was important is like really what it comes down to is this what they call relative time proportion between meetings and individual work so it's not about having seven meetings let's say if you have seven hours of meetings and seven hours absurd day okay two hours of meetings and two hours of work time right Mm -hmm. like it's not about those two hours of meetings necessarily it's about how much work time then you also have so it's like that ratio that's particularly important Hmm. and so they looked at things like just looking at pure work time and pure meeting time and seeing how that impacted these variables Hmm. and it wasn't as important as the ratio so there's something magical about making sure you have a fairly even ratio of meetings and individual work time so that you're not overdoing it. And you're kind of going bouncing back and forth a little bit between the two types of things. They break up your day, um, but not just like sitting in one or the other all day long. That's very, very fascinating. I like this a lot. This is cool. So, mm-hmm. and it also kind of harkens to some of what I see companies doing where they have like the, like, no meeting Fridays or whatever, you know what I mean? Where they're like trying to create more of those ratios or balances um, for people, but it probably doesn't work if you like stack it all on one day. Like it probably has to be sustainable over time. Right. Because what ends up happening is if you are in meetings all day long for two days, by the time you get to that Friday, like you've already depleted all of your energy from those two days, right? So you're starting off in a bad place. Right. And you're not necessarily, uh, you know, you then probably have too much high pressure work to try to catch up on. And then are you actually going to be taking those breaks? Probably less so. Right. It's it's really about the break here. It's like giving yourself some time to take a break. And people are more likely to take those breaks during individual task time than during, obviously, during a meeting. Mm -hmm. So... When you have that time to do some tasks, you're much more likely to do some like replenishing recovery activities. And the breaks they were talking about were specifically like recovery tactic breaks. Mm -hmm. So disconnecting or, um, you know, doing some sort of mastery thing on your own or, you know, talking to a friend, like those kinds of things where taking a walk, whatever. Um, So it's very specific to like doing something that actually replenishes your energy Mm. that helps you overall. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. Um, I think that that's really useful because I also think that, I don't know. I wonder what you think about this. Do you think that people have, I I know what I think about it, but do you think people have more or less <laughs> meetings now when people are working virtually versus in person? More. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think there's definitely more. I think there's like a, and there's a couple factors. I think one is, you know, leaders wanting to check in on stuff and have conversations because it's like they can't see people working, right? So yep. there's, I don't even think it's intentional. I think even the best leaders do it, but there's just like wanting to check in and see how things are going. Mm-hmm. So there's that. 
Yeah. I think there's, you know, this idea that we need to make this intentional collaboration. And so then they, people make meetings for those purposes or brainstorming or whatever. Um, and that is, you know, taking up a lot of time that you maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't have even been doing that in the work. Like if you were in the office, right. You don't necessarily do that. You'd spend some time working on your own. Right. Yeah. Um, I also think when you're in the office, people are more likely to like see, oh, that person's going to take a lunch break and they right. just kind of expect that they don't, if you don't see you doing those activities, they kind of just will schedule, schedule, schedule and not think about it. Um, and then the final thing I was thinking that is probably contributing to this is this idea of, oh my gosh, I just lost it. <laughs> I just ran out of my brain. <laughs> That's okay. I clearly didn't take enough breaks, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very okay. Um, if it comes back to you, let me know. I was thinking I will. there's also some stuff that goes on in the office where like if you have a Zoom meeting, let's say, so this happens to me sometimes where like I'm working from home and let's say you have a meeting scheduled with someone and they feel like maybe the meeting's like not necessary anymore, but they don't know how you feel about it. Or mm-hmm. um, sometimes there's like in person, I think, where you actually see the person and they feel more comfortable being like, look, I know we're supposed to work, meet later on today, but actually I could use a little extra time. Or I was thinking that maybe we could postpone till whenever. Or you see that they're really busy and running around and you're like, you know what, what? Our meeting can wait. Why don't we just push it off? But I feel like in virtual environments, you don't get as much feedback from people. And so mm-hmm. you don't suggest to do things differently or you might not, you're not going to maybe reach out to someone as easily and be like, hey, I think we should cancel our meeting today or think about the fact even of like what meetings are on your schedule. You're kind of more just like, going without thinking about like who you're going to be seeing, but then you might see them in the office if you see them. So I think there is more also just like, I guess it's taken as a whole. It's kind of a lack of communication, right? That is not Mm -hmm. happening when you're not just in the zoom itself that maybe is getting some information lost that you could use for next steps. Yeah. I think that there's something to that for sure. I mean, I'm lucky. I do have some colleagues that will ping and say, Hey, I, I have, I need more time today. Yeah. This meeting, whatever. So I feel like there's, I've seen a little bit of that culture where I am today, but in other organizations, I haven't always seen that. So I think you're right. I think there's a little bit there. Um, the other thing I remembered the other point that I had, yeah. I think the other thing that's going on is this loop where leaders and managers want to be checking in on work but they don't always have, um, so they have these meetings, right. To like quickly check in with you. Mm-hmm. Then because they're checking in with you, you start to feel, people start to feel like, okay, maybe those people need to be in these other meetings about that topic. Yeah. So then you start inviting more people to meetings than you yeah. maybe would do in person because yeah. like what would happen is, okay, well, I'm going to bring this person, this person, that person while in the office, I might have that meeting with one-on-one with the collaborator and then just go pop into my boss's office and say hey this thing happened right yeah and so since there's no like that kind of casual meeting component Mm -hmm. there's this tendency of overbooking people and then when you bring people into meetings they don't need to be in then their calendars get full then now we're re we're going through the cycle again right it's like their calendar's full so in order to get any feedback on something we have to do a formal meeting and then you just keep doing this cycle of adding more meetings for no reason yeah that makes a lot of sense I think that this is all 
we're we're solving all of the world's meeting problems right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but I do think that, you know, being trying to be more intentional and it's hard to do. It's really hard to do if it, you're just like an individual contributor on a team to just be like, I'm going to block these three hours, you know, throughout like, you know, an hour blocks throughout the day so that I have individual work time and I can take breaks and whatever. It's hard. That's so hard to do when a meeting comes from someone maybe more senior than Mm -hmm. you or anything like that to like actually maintain that. So there needs to be like, I guess ultimately what I'm saying is what needs to happen is leaders need to be setting this example they need to be respecting time blocks for work and they need to be trying to create an environment where it's not expected for you to be in meetings back to back. I mean, people already complain about work-life balance because of that, right? It's like, well, now when do I actually do the work? It has to be after hours. Totally. So we need to be better about this. And, uh, and I think it has to come from like managers and up because I think it's really hard for individual contributors to really do a good job of making this space for themselves. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before, but there's this like suggestion that people do, which will be like, okay, you know, end the meeting on the 45 or something like that. Right. So that people, you know, or end it. I know there's a more specific suggestion that there is some science behind where if you end it on like the 47 or something, people will actually end it then. But I noticed when people started doing those interventions to end the meetings a little bit earlier so that you could have that time to like build in for the break in between. Um, what I heard people saying just anecdotally, this is not like scientifically based, is that all that happened was like, then somebody would just book the next meeting at the 45. So like, the, the intention was supposed to be that like, you ended at the 45 and then everybody has 15 minutes until the next break or until the next meeting. And then they have that 15 minutes break. But what I was hearing from people is like, eventually that sentiment wore off and maybe that's their company culture. Um, and (laughs) it just went to them. People are booking meetings on the 45. Wow. See, I've, the thing I'm guilty of, and I think I've experienced the most is when people do that, they just don't respect that time end. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, well we we're ending at 1150, but really we're still talking. So let's just go to 12. Right. And then you end up, you know, doing a full hour long meeting versus a 50 minute meeting. Right. Um, and I know like Microsoft has that, like my company has that default, right. And I've, Mm -hmm. most places I've worked actually had done that, done that default, um, of 25 minutes or 50 minute meetings. Mm -hmm. And yet 90% of the time people never respect it and they would go the full half hour, the full hour. And then it's just like, well, you know, it just looks nicer on the calendar, but it's actually not doing anything. Right. Cause it's all bleeding into that time when you were supposed to be doing things to take care of yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. That I think, so one of the things from that then would be that it can't just be a practice. It has to be a culture that goes along mm-hmm. with it. Probably a shift where people buy into the idea that this is important in addition to having a practice that supports it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a great reminder. I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I'm very guilty of going over. I and- do too. You know, especially like if I'm in a one-on-one or something, then I kind of feel like, oh, well, we're talking about something that's important to that person. So I'm not going to cut them off. And I think for one-on-ones, like as long as that person's okay with it, maybe that's fine. But like Mm -hmm. when you're doing like a more structured meeting with a lot of people or even just a handful of people doing something uh, with a specific agenda and purpose, I think 
I could do a lot better of being like, okay, we're at 25. Thanks. Instead of being like, oh, we're at 30, you know? Right. Um, And trying to at least model that behavior and hopefully others will get it. But you're right. Like it is a culture thing because not everybody does it in many of the cultures I've seen that have tried to do this. They just ignore it. And then you're the weird one if you are ending the meeting at the time it's scheduled, you know? Yeah. And the only time that I really enforce like strict end times is if I have a meeting right then where I'm like, I have to go. Mm-hmm. But if, it, if I don't mm-hmm. have a meeting right then, then I don't, I don't think of it as an actual ending, <laughs> which I think is what yeah. we're saying. Right. So then I'm like, well, you know, I don't actually have something, but the idea of like, no, wanting to put that buffer time in between the next meeting is actually having something is important. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's the thing is like we need to start to see it as an actual end time and behave that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, that's kind of in some ways it's what this study is talking about. Right. It's like making sure we have those breaks. And with meetings, we don't tend to take those breaks. So mm-hmm. there's kind of two ways you can go about fixing the problem. There could be building in breaks between meetings. So that's mm-hmm. reasonable. Or the way that they've kind of framed all of this and what they have found is having more individual work time sprinkled yeah. in when you have a chunk of meetings. So like making sure you have a balance of your time. Yeah. So I think either way you can really address the same problem. I also think there's something about individual work time. That's probably relaxing in and of itself that you don't have to be like on and presenting. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like you just have, like you're saying more autonomy over what you're doing during that time. So if I want to eat my snack while I'm working individually, I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, oh, is it okay for me to do this? Or who can I do this in front? I can just do whatever. Or, okay, I'm really, really hungry, but I'll wait the 30 minutes until this meeting's over so I can eat something. You just have more ability to call the shots and be more relaxed about what you're doing as opposed to feeling like you're just on all the time. Exactly. And it made me think about like when you're working remotely and there's like the integrators and the segmenters. And I know we've talked about that before, but the people that like to integrate their work in their life, when you have more of this downtime, well, not, you know, this individual work time, then you can actually integrate more, more effectively. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus if you have meetings all day long, then how are you actually able to integrate? You can't. Right. And then what you end up doing is your work just bleeds into the evening versus integrating and then your work happening in the evening because you've made lunch in the middle of the day right spent an yep. hour with your walking your dog or whatever like those types of things aren't happening so then you're ultimately not even being able to integrate which might be your preference of the way to work and that can create a lot of other challenges in terms of how you feel about your work-life balance yeah being blah 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 so you know just thinking about how you're structuring your day can have impacts on like so many things beyond just, you know, energy in the middle of the day, like the study found, or obviously that talks about performance, creativity, all those things. Like there's so many things that are impacted if we could just structure our days a little bit better and give ourselves those breaks. Cause we know those breaks are so important. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's a really, really, really good call out. And I also think that, you know, people need to be more cognizant of the idea that if it's, if they're distracted, like I was thinking about the example that I used to of like one of the things that, one of the reasons probably why if I have meetings that have stacked up and I haven't been able to get to personal emails or things like that, I feel distracted is because 
I haven't had that personal time to deal with those things mm-hmm. that feel urgent. They're like weighing in my mind. I'm kind of distracted anyway. So if you feel that way in a meeting, then you know other people feel that way in a meeting. And if you're going to have a meeting where everybody's so burnt out because they've had a million other meetings that day with no breaks in between, no time to, you know, themselves, then you're probably holding a meeting where like less than half the people are actually listening. <laughs> and then like, right. there's and, no point. Right. And like the performance, the creativity of that meeting drops, the impact of it and how it's going to impact work. Like all of that is hurt by this. And so yeah. what is the point? If you're doing this meeting and you're not even getting like the brainstorming, the ideas that you need, why would you have the meeting? Right. You're not able to do the things you need to do. Why are you doing it? That just seems so silly. Totally. Uh, but we never take a moment to think about it and pause and do that, you know? Yeah. So I guess if we had like some key takeaways, just to recap that leaders really need to role model this, but also take it seriously. So, and there could be policies that you put in place that, you know, there's only a certain number of hours of meetings allowed per day, or there are core meeting hours and people have to have a certain amount of um, free time or respecting people's free time that they block out on the calendar, whatever those policies are. But it also has to go along with a culture where people buy that this is important And maybe some of this data could help in convincing people that that's the case. Yes, totally aligned. I think that's a really great takeaway is thinking about how to make it a policy, role model it effectively, start to build it into the culture in order to improve um, everyone's energy levels and thus performance, creativity, and satisfaction with their jobs at the end of the day. So I think it's super important. It's a good reminder. I think it's something that we all kind of know already. So why don't we take a moment and actually make a change versus just knowing meetings all day long suck and doing nothing about it. Yes, true. Yeah, I think that's a great set of takeaways and something we can all resonate with. So why not try to change it, not just for other people, but also for yourself? Exactly. Totally agree. Love to hear from all of you listeners. If you have any questions, thoughts about this article or anything else, you can always email us at contact at workerbeing.com. If you want to find us on social where we share tips and articles and things all the time, um, you can go to LinkedIn and find both of us. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, And then finally, if you want us to come and share some of this knowledge and research with your teams, send us a note, contact at workerbeing.com. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. 